good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today. <clears throat> I wanted to share with you guys um, a couple of stories that are telling in how we sometimes receive communication, how subtle it is, but how those subtle messages could truly turn into something extremely powerful, beautiful, and miraculous. And I'm going to share two, two stories. The one is has several undertones to it that were all very remarkable. They're my stories, which I typically don't like to talk about myself and things that I experience. But in this situation, I really wanted to share with you guys how if you really tune in, and you really begin to feel and pay attention to these subtle nudges, you guys could really unlock a true amazing experience, uh, both individually and a series throughout your life, a series of occurrences. So the first story I wanna share with you is a, a trip. Now, I've been guided to, to several locations around the country now where they have said to me, go there. And I, I discussed before some of the tools that we have access to, like crystals, um, oils, essential oils, and I forget what the other one was. However, the purpose, the point there was that, yes, we have access to these tools and these tools help us raise vibration. They allow our bodies, and I think places was one of them, but they allow our bodies to experience a higher vibrational energy that it might not be attuned to or used to experiencing. Not only that, but in, a, in addition to the location itself, there are sometimes experiences that we could have there as a result of entities being there, being present on a regular basis. Um, I was guided to Mount Shasta. I was guided to Sedona, Arizona, all without me even understanding or knowing what was actually there prior to me being guided there. So the first story I want to talk to you about is I did, I did, channels at both those locations or or a podcast about both those locations and my experiences there and this one is another one the i was now i wasn't guided to take this trip that i'm aware of but i have wanted to take this trip for a very very long time and that was a trip to montana or really just driving out west and this past summer in august my family and I did that. We drove out west, stopped in several states across the northern part portion of the United States. And as we were driving out there, or before we even left, I should say, out of nowhere, I started to receive these, again, gentle nudges. And what do I mean by gentle nudges? They were feelings. They were very, very subtle feelings. And I didn't know why I was feeling it, but obviously I'm always trying to be present. And I was aware of that I was feeling this nudge. And the nudge was to begin to read about ancient um, ancient uh, Indians, uh, indigenous people and their religious traditions, how they practiced religion, what their beliefs were, how they, how they, built or cultivated their traditions into experiences. And as I really as I as that feeling began to intensify, and it wasn't anything major, it was just like, wow, I, I noticed that I really have this urge. Now, prior to this, I have never really been too interested in what they experienced or how they ran their traditions of religion and and how they incorporated sacred animals or animals into their religion that just it just wasn't something that I ever felt any 
big calling to study. However, about a month prior to this trip, that urge was extreme and or gentle nudge, I should say. But when you're present, it feels like you're really being pushed. You're nudged in a direction. So I hopped on a website and ordered a couple couple of books without even doing much research. I just was looking at a few and was, okay, I'll take this one and I'll take that one. And I got one in. And the first one that I got was called Teaching Spirits, Understanding Native American Religious Traditions by Joseph Epps Brown. And he was a professor who studied with the Indians with the Native Americans, and he would he literally spent time with them, I believe a couple of years with different tribes and was a college professor and wanted to learn more about their ways. And I didn't know that at the time. I just saw the book, thought it was interesting and and bought it. So I get the book in the mail. And when I got it, I just happened to open it up to any some random page. I didn't even flip through it. I just opened it up. And the first page that I opened it up to was discussing a location called Sweetgrass Hills. And as I was reading through this page, it just so happens to be about this Sweetgrass Hills happens to be in Montana, which is where we were going. Now, I'm a firm believer in there are no coincidences. So I knew immediately this is something. Okay, I'm being guided. And this location has some meaning, but I didn't know what that was yet. So I, I read the book and I get to the part of the book where they discuss Sweetgrass Hills. And again, to this point, I still have no idea what Sweetgrass Hills is, just was, okay, that's probably significant. I'm probably meant to read this and possibly go to this location. So I start reading about it in this book, and the book discusses how this location, Sweetgrass Hills, is where spiritual leaders from Indian tribes would go to this location, and it was a highly charged spiritual location, and different leaders from different tribes would all go to this location when they wanted guidance from above. And there was no fighting on this hill it was almost like a neutral area where they could all gather or go to when they were looking for communication. So now I'm like super intrigued about this spot and definitely beginning to build within me a very intriguing curiosity and one that wants, I want to go there now. However, I'm not completely sold yet. So not that I'm questioning it, but I'm starting to see the pattern, how they're, they are building on this. On first, the gentle nudge to start reading about Indian cultures, then the or traditions, then the opening of that book to Sweetgrass Hills, and then reading about it and how spiritually charged this location is. So... As I, I finished the book and, or most of it, I, I think I have maybe a quarter left, but anyway, I get to that part, read about it and I'm super intrigued now, but again, still not completely sold on that's where I want to go. So what I do next is I'm still feeling that I want to read about Indian cultural culture, re, uh, religious tra traditions, see what they were doing, how they did things. And that, that feeling is still inside of me. So now, though, that has manifested into, well, what about, what about their other locations that they would have to go to that they would use for spiritual purposes? Like, what other places beyond Sweetgrass Hills? So I start doing more research on that. And I did, a, I did an internet search on i did an internet search on uh spiritual places in montana and for those of you that don't know i was ordained 
in the online Universal Life Church to be an ordained minister. Not that that's any big deal. It, you know, cost me a couple dollars to 50 bucks, I think it was, to become an ordained minister, and I did it so that I could actually marry people. And I have married quite a few now. However, irrelevant, but well, not irrelevant, because when I start when I started to do internet searches on the spiritual places in Montana, I just randomly clicked on, did not know this, I swear to you, I did not realize that I clicked on the Universal Life Church website, not even knowing I did not intentionally go to that website. It was obviously not coincidental because I don't believe in coincidences, but I clicked on the Universal Life Church website and they had a list on their website of like 15 or 10 uh, spiritual places in Montana. And I swear to you, this is so crazy, but so amazing. This is how these gentle nudges can begin to manifest within you guys. As I clicked on that website, no kidding, one of the locations that they brought up was Sweetgrass Hills in Montana. So now I'm like, all right, we are absolutely, I'm convinced we should be going to this spot. So I tell my wife or ask my wife, hey, can we go? Yeah, she's on board. So now we're going. So we kind of start talking about it and we're like, all right, we don't know when in the, when in the trip we're going to be able to go. When can we find the time? So we're in the trip, we're in Montana, we're at some parks and we're on the last week of our trip. We're getting ready to come home. Now, at this point, I say to her, all right, I don't think we're going to be able to go. We just don't have a lot of time left. And there, this Sweetgrass Hills was about four hours out of our way. And we were kind of coming down to the last, we were coming down to a period of time where we just didn't have a lot left. And I didn't think we could really make it if we took four hours. It was two hours to our north and then obviously two hours back to get home. But the last week was upon us and I started to look up different routes home. And all week long, I kept seeing three routes, three routes home from where we were at. And there was only one route that took me within that two hours that two hour span, that was the closest I could get to it on the route home. All the two other routes that I saw were all even long, longer in time frame from Sweetgrass Hills. So all week I'm seeing the three, seeing the three. And again, I'm just like, all right, you know, if I'm meant to go, I'm, I'm going. But to be honest with you, I wasn't thinking that it was going to happen. So the day comes where we're leaving. Now, let me, I'll share a couple other stories that happened while we were there, but I, I'll finish this one. So, because this was absolutely a miraculous trip. So we're on our way home and I'm sorry, I guess I'm not the greatest storyteller, but anyway, the day comes we're we're leaving. So we pack everything up, we get the, 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 everything loaded up. We're, we're hopping in the car. And as we do that, I pull up the, the GPS to find the routes again so I can choose which one of the three comes up. And I was choosing the, obviously, the fastest one because of the three, they were all different times. And it all depended on traffic on each one, how long they would take us and tolls and stuff like that. So day, day comes, we're getting ready to leave. And I throw it up in the GPS and only one route comes up. Like that, it's so weird, you know. Let me let me let me back out of this. I'll close everything down, reboot it all. Let me go back in because I want to see the three routes. Because <clears throat> of the three routes, this was not the fastest one. So, but I don't remember them all. So I go back in, put it in. Okay, what's the best route home? And this one was the one that came up again. <laughs> I'm just sitting there going, I cannot believe this. I really think we're meant to go here now. Like as if I wasn't, you know, aware of that before. I, it is now a foregone, foregone certainty. Okay, we are destined to go here. We must go here. Let's go here. And 
it was it was amazing. So I know I'm not doing this justice and I apologize. I'm really not feeling my best right now. But either way, I felt like it was very important to get this information out. So we're we're driving now. We're going on this route. And I'm like, all right, I guess we're we're going to go. And my wife's like, all right, well, you know, we've we've had so many experiences now that you have to trust. And we talked about that before. You got to stop teetering. Although there was a bit of me that wasn't teetering, but I was just, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I want to go out of my way uh, because I had my family with us and driving in the car for days is not easy. So adding more time to that dot drive is uh, definitely not something that is, you know, that the kids look, look positively upon. So we're driving and I could not, for the life of me, get the other two routes to come up. There was only one that was coming. It was the one that took me within four hours of it or two hours, two hours uh, from Sweet Grace Hill. So we start driving and we're going and we're on our second to last road or getting ready to make the turn onto our second to last road. And all of a sudden, I completely go into this. I was feeling energetic and positive and all of a sudden something overcame me. And I was almost as if I, I don't want to say as if I went into another realm, but my mind just went completely in a meditative state is probably the best way I could say it. I lost all energy. I almost felt like I couldn't move very much, even though I was still present in my body and I knew what was happening as far as like, I could feel the energy not being sucked from me, but shifting and it was turning. And I was going into this meditative state. Like my mind was switching consciousness and I could feel it. I can know, I noticed it. And then all of a sudden I'm still about, uh, I'm, I'm probably about 30 minutes from the actual Sweetgrass Hills location, but all the information started to flood to me at that moment. I was still two roads away from Sweetgrass Hills. And I just started getting hit with images of uh, Native Americans who were, I could see them right to my left. And they were so happy and so loving and welcoming of our presence there. I could see one on a horse, a white horse. He had no, there was no saddle on the horse. He was just on his horse and he had his bow and arrow and he was just waving his hand in a circle and he was just so excited. I saw another one actually very close to the image on the book. I'll show you right here. He looked very similar to this and he was sitting there looking at me and and he just raised his hand like how and it was amazing the feeling that i have i was overcome with such joy and happiness at at just being in this area but it wasn't something that i was it was just something that overcame me it wasn't anything conjured i wasn't even thinking about it i was just i was driving you know paying attention to the turns that i had to make and it was absolutely a be beautiful. I could see, I could see the horse. I could see the 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 Native American with the bow and arrow. I could see a leader up there, and I felt this intensely powerful happiness that was surrounding me. And that happiness was at the fact that I was there. And I think what they were happy about was that I was listening to them. That I did, I did adhere to their messages. I bought the book. I read the book. I did research on Sweetgrass Hills. I looked all week at the different locations. And again, although I wasn't going to go at the, you know, I was waiting to, to I was, um, you know, I wasn't going to go at the last minute. They, they made it so that nah, you, you really should. And I did. Um, because you still have free will in those moments and you could truly say, well, listen, I'm just not going to do that. If you chose not to listen, you could very easily, if you're not present enough, just not, I'm not going that way. I'm going to make sure I find the other way. Uh, luckily I didn't, 
And I pushed forward. And fortunately, my wife was really cool about the whole situation. And she definitely was okay with the with the drive. Um, and this experience happened. And it was absolutely amazing. Now, what I will next tell you is that as we're driving, our gas tank was somewhat low. And we weren't seeing any gas stations. And anybody that's been close to Montana or in Montana knows that gas stations are, I have found out, very, very far apart in most areas. So we're still about a half hour away from Sweetgrass Hills and we're driving. And then we get to the last turn. And as I turn, I make this left onto the last road. Sweetgrass Hills is 15 miles from this last turn that I make. And I make it and it is a dirt road. And excuse me. It was, <laughs> when I say trust them, I mean that sincerely. And we made this turn and we're like, what are we doing? But that's when you turn around and say, nope, I trust them. They they asked me to come here. They made sure that we really did come here. We have to trust it and go. Now, I'm driving a Winnebago at this time, towing a car. And I am going to share even more miracles that happened on this trip with the car and other things um, that, that, that I were just miraculous. This trip was meant to occur. So anyway, we're driving down the street. But that feeling that I had, it lasted about 10 minutes. And again, I felt like it was because we were there and they were happy that I listened. So as I make that turn, we're driving down this dirt road and we're driving, driving. We're now about four miles from the final spot on our GPS. And I finally see a car. I haven't seen a car for probably the last hour. And I finally see one and I stop him. I, I get out of the car. I'm like, yo, can you please stop? And he stops and I ask him, hey, can you tell me where Sweet, Sweetgrass Hills is? And he laughs at me and he's like, you're in it. This is all Sweetgrass Hills. And I tell him about the GPS and, well, I, I tell him that that's what I'm looking for. And he's like, no, you're good. This is it. This is it. So then I'm saying, okay, well, I'm a little short on gas. Can you tell me where the nearest gas station is? And he laughs at me again. And he says, my friend, um, the nearest gas station is like 50 miles in any direction you choose, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to turn around and go left or right. And you'll eventually hit one about 50 miles from here. <laughs> so he leaves and I look at my wife and I'm like, all right, well, well, I guess we're just going to stop here while we go up maybe about five more miles because this road is so narrow and the road, again, you trust them. Trust is so important here. Um, and when you trust, you truly, truly let go of any doubt, any fear. This road, though, towing everything that I'm towing, the Winnebago is pretty, pretty big. And there's no way that I can make a U-turn here. But I also... I, there's just no way for me to turn around. So we go up about five more miles and finally we find a little bit of on the side of the road. It was hill. It was a hill. It just went down and it's probably about three feet deep, but you couldn't make a U-turn in the car that I was. So in the, in the Winnebago. So we, um, we pull up a little bit more and I find this, this one area that had this flat, almost look like, I don't know. It was like a bridge between the, the, the ditch and the hill that went up next to us. So we were fortunately able to make a U-turn and then come out of Sweetgrass Hills. But what I did was I did a little meditation there and I didn't get anything at that moment. But what I will tell you is the road, this dirt road was filled with hawks. I, and I swear to you, and anybody that has known knows me or has listened to this podcast knows the hawk is my spirit animal. And this road was filled with hawks. I mean, every other uh, pole, uh, like telephone pole or electric power line had a hawk on it. And 
I, we just took so many pictures of hawks. I did the meditation though. I didn't see anything more, but the whole experience was absolutely amazing. And one thing I learned again from this experience was that the journey is so important and we really have to appreciate the journey and not really be so tied up in the final destination. Because when I got to Sweetgrass Hills, I saw the Hawks. Yeah, but all the feelings went away. I didn't have the feeling, that euphoric feeling that I had when I made one of my final turns just about a half hour previous or prior. So appreciate where you guys are at right now. All right, so that's 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 number one. That's the first story. I'll tell you another one. There's something, there's something about Montana that is so powerful and so energetically beautiful. Now, another interesting thing about Montana that I found out this past week is that Montana has one of the highest suicide rates in the country. Now, granted, I do believe because it is so isolated and there are not many people there, or Wyoming and Montana, those two states have very high uh, suicide rates. But um, is something very, very spiritually powerful about Montana and Wyoming, but more so Montana. Um, so when I first arrived, now that's the story about how I got there, what led me to Sweetgrass Hills, the experience about Sweetgrass Hills. But when I first arrived in Montana, we got to this um, campsite that to be honest with you, I wasn't very impressed with. Uh, we weren't even sure we wanted to stay there. But there was something that you felt. You could feel something. And again, this podcast is all about the gentle nudges and how powerful they can be when you begin to pay attention to them and go with them. The going with is very important. And that's the key point to this podcast. When you feel these gentle nudges, if you start to pay attention to them, one, know they're there, but then start to move with them, you can and possibly will open yourself up to miracles. And let me share with you these miracles that happened on this trip because it was powerful. So we get to Montana. And again, we 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 weren't really liking the campsite itself. It was very, very, the, the campsites were very compacted you literally were right up against the, the, the next camper. I mean, there was very little space there. But, but as we allowed our, you know, as we unpacked and we hooked up, we started to notice that every time we left the campsite, there was a hawk right outside the campsite. Every single time we left and came back, there was a hawk there. And we started to understand and started to pay attention to how we felt, not about the conjured things of like the conjured energy was what we were feeling as a result of being compacted and right on top of our next camp camper. But what we started to do is step back from that and started to realize and pay attention to what we felt internally. And once we started to do that, we started to realize we were in a special place. And the first night we were there, I was in a meditation. And as I was meditating, I saw this image. And the image was all this mountain range, the Absorki Mountains, mountain range, which are part of the Colorado Rockies was literally right outside of the campsite. Now, I've never done any research on, other than the Sweetgrass Hills, on other uh, like spiritual places within Montana. I didn't look at any other one. When I looked at the, the um, Universal Life Ch uh, Church website, I just happened to notice Sweetgrass Hills was one. I didn't read any other uh, location, but, as I was doing a meditation, I could see. Now, when we got there, there were rainbows, double rainbows, uh, single rainbows that were over this these Absorki Mountains. It was absolutely beautiful. 
And you could tell immediately that there was something special going on here, even though we weren't the biggest fans of the campsite. The location was very, very powerful. The Yellowstone River was was uh, literally about a quarter of a mile from where we were. We walked there every day. And one of the best days that we had was sitting on the Yellowstone River, just taking it in. It was beautiful. So we are sitting there. I'm doing a meditation and I start to have a vision. And the vision was all these mountains. I could see the Absorki mountain range in front of me. And all of a sudden, they're all lit up in beautiful golden white light. And as I'm sitting there looking at them, and I know I can see them, I'm consciously aware that I see them. All of a sudden, they start to go dark. And all the mountains start to darken behind this shadow. And until it gets to this one smaller hill in front of the mountains, that one hill stayed illuminated in golden white light. Now, to this day, I don't know if the mountain range that I saw was the Absorki Mountains mountain range that I was literally right in front of, or if it was the Sweetgrass Hills mountain range. Now, Sweetgrass Hills is not part of the Colorado Rockies. It is Sweetgrass Hills is literally a small mountain range on its own. There is no there are no other mountain ranges around. It's kind of like in the middle of nowhere in Montana. Now Montana is a very hilly area, but these this uh, the Sweetgrass Hills is on its own out in the middle of nowhere. Whereas the Absorki Mountain Range is part of the the Colorado Rockies, and I wasn't sure. And to this day, I'm not absolutely certain of what it is. However, I believe that. The vision was part of Sweetgrass Hills. I just can't say for certain. And the reason that I say it is because as the mountain range started to close in, it only uh, it only illuminated the one hill. And because of that one hill being isolated, I attribute that to being Sweetgrass Hills because it is a mountain range that is on its own separate from the others and everything else was dark. So I was assuming based off what I was seeing, I was interpreting as, okay, they're telling me that this mountain range is, is part of Sweetgrass Hills. Took me a while to put that together. But the point is sometimes we don't always know where these gentle nudges are going to take us, but it is the purpose of going with them believing that you are feeling and experiencing something for a reason and then allowing that to take you somewhere and then being open to what happens when you get there. So I was, I didn't know what was going to happen when I got to Montana, when I got to Sweet Grass Hills, but I simply was open. I didn't have expectations. I didn't have judgments. I didn't, I wasn't frustrated that I even was going there. I wasn't even scared that we could run out of gas on our way there. I I was truly open to, hey, you guys led me here for a reason, and I am open to whatever experience comes. And that's why I say the journey is so important. Do, do not dismiss the journey. And do not allow these low vibrational energies to overcome you if, if when you get there, the experience that you thought you had or were expecting didn't happen the way that you expect it. That's part of meditation is letting go of those expectations and just being open to receiving uh, whatever experience you do do encounter. So so anyway, that that image was so powerful that I had, I ultimately got it tattooed on my wrist uh, because it was just so beautiful. and I knew it was very important. At the time, I didn't know exactly what purpose it had, didn't even know what mountain range it was, because I really, even to this, uh, even at that time, I was still not familiar with what the Sweetgrass Hills mountain range even looked like. It's not the easiest thing to even search online. Like, they'll show you things online, but when I was there, it didn't look the same that what I was seeing online. Um but I talked to the guy. He said it was it. 
and the GPS took me to that location. So I know that I was, and I had that experience with the Indian. So I know I was in the right spot. But what I, when I was looking online, it just did not look the same. Even as I was driving, looking at the mountain range, everything that we were seeing online just did not add up. It wasn't, the pictures were not showing an accurate representation of what my eyes were seeing in front of me. So, but it was all, it's just absolutely amazing. And, and again, the point here are the gentle nudges. Now, the, the miracles that took place on this trip, the image of the mountain, the Sweetgrass Hills, and all the different ways in which they told me to go to Sweetgrass Hills are all just so beautiful. Now, I'm going to share this with you um, because this is probably the most miraculous, uh, most amazingly, not, I mean, yes, beautiful, but wow, powerful, powerful, I'll say that. We were towing our car. Now, when I, I bought this tow dolly off a guy and uh, off of um, in Pennsylvania. And when I got it, I didn't know anything about tow dollies, but I bought it and thought all was good. The first day, the first time we got it, we used it just to try to try it out. So we towed our car to a local campground just to get used to towing it, seeing how the camper ran with it, seeing how the car worked, being towed. And seeing if we needed anything else. Like you want to test things out before you actually use it. And before we go cross country to make such a, a huge trip, I wanted to make sure I knew what I was doing. So we stayed local and no kidding on the way home from this first trip that we took, the car, I swear to you, fell off the tow dolly. This tow dolly, just the, 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 the rope that was holding the car down fell off. And the car came off the tow dolly. So in the middle of this, it was a back road that we were on. And I obviously immediately felt that happen. And so immediately stopped the car, got out, had to put everything back on, adjusted all the roping and, and, and got it back. And we got it home without another incident. Coming in here. Um, all right, there we go. So, so it was crazy. All right. So we had that experience, but I thought I, you know, I thought we could still do it because we got it home after the car fell off and we were able to get it back on. We made it to the campground without incident. And after the car fell off, I was still like somewhat confident that we could do this. I was looking at other tow dollies, but I didn't get it. I thought we could do it. So now we're on our way now. Now, now, guys, listen to this again gentle nudges and the miracles that you are opening yourself up to when you allow yourself to experience this kind of stuff. So we're driving out there and we get to, as we're driving, we start to have these different experiences where it took us days to get there, to drive out there. We started to have these experiences where the rope on the um the rope on the uh tow dolly was coming off and or it was very loose but the car stayed there it never fell off the tow dolly and we're driving and i would you know i would tighten it down again and we would drive i would get to another campsite tow dolly uh wire was or the rope was that was holding the 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 the, the tire down was loose again, but it never fell off. Then we get to Montana and we get to that, that campsite that I told you about that we weren't the biggest fans of, but we did feel something there. Okay, so we get there and I go back to unhook the car and the rope was not even on, was not on the tow dolly. It completely fell off, but the car stayed on the tow dolly never fell off now tow dolly if you guys don't know it's the front two tires of a car are leaning on this tow dolly and there's on the particular tow, tow dolly that i that i bought there's there's no indent there's there's some some have this little indent that that'll kind of have to rock up on 
in order for it to fall off, it's it's just a little bit easier to stay on. My tow dolly did not have that. It was a flat bar that it sat on. And if the rope wasn't holding it on, it just fell off. When I got to this campsite, the rope was not on the tow dolly. And the, the tire was still on. Everything was still intact. The, the car was just sitting there idly with nothing holding it on the tow dolly. And when I tell you guys how miraculous that was, that we did not have, th th there was nothing holding this tire on. It should have fallen off. It was a straight miracle. Now, at this point, we had so many issues because all these campsites that we were going to and how loose this, this, this strap was, the tire should have fallen off, but it didn't. And we, to this day, are like, it was absolutely a miracle that this stayed on. That night, I told my wife, we had so many problems with this tow dolly and the strap that it was, we knew it was a miracle that it stayed on. But because at the one point, like I said, the, the, the rope completely came off. There was nothing holding this car on to this tow dolly, yet it stayed there. So we knew it was a miracle. So I told her, I cannot, we can't play with this anymore. We're going to have to have this towed home. And so I'm, we're, we're, I'm looking at different places, different uh, companies out there that will tow a car across country for you. And I reached out to them and I was getting all these quotes and I was looking at them and I said, okay, I, I found one. We're going to go with it. And no kidding, before I pulled the plug on that, before I actually signed the contract, I I went into a meditation. I was like, let me, let me just see what's going on. Because as I said, we knew it was a miracle. We knew there was something special about what was happening. That car should have fallen off a hundred times earlier. There is no reason that that tire, those tires should have stayed on that car, should have fallen off. So I knew that. And I was like, all right, let me go into a meditation. Let me channel, see what they will tell me about this. And no kidding, I start channeling about it. And they said, Chris, we are absolutely helping you. You do not need to have your car towed. We're helping you. This trip is divinely guided. And we encourage you to finish it without it getting towed. So I tell my wife, I'm like, okay, we got to trust. Now, again, the gentle nudges, guys. You must trust. There is no teetering. You trust completely and allow them to show you that they are present in your everyday lives. And I am telling you my own personal experiences on how all of this happened and how important it is to trust, to allow them to show you that they are with you, that they are guiding us, that they are encouraging us to do certain things in trust so that we can open ourselves up to having these miracles occur. So, so I go to my wife and I say, all right, well, they tell us not to, not to tell it, but I think what I am going to do is buy a different strap. I thought, you know, I get it. They're helping us. Yes. But we also have to watch out for our, for our own, as well. Um, you know, we, so she's like, okay, definitely let's do that. So I was using these straps that were about, they were like 300 pound straps and these straps were an added to, so there's a strap that goes over the tire that holds it down. And then I had a second pair of straps because of all the issues we had, I put on the second set of straps to help keep the tire on. But again, all of them kept falling off. So I went out and bought, <laughs> they were 300 pound straps. I went out and bought 10,000 pound straps. And again, guys, it's absolutely amazing what happened. We put these 10,000 pound straps on thinking, okay, we're good. I know they're guiding us, but you know, let me, us using this straps will only help us further. I put these straps on and we're, we're getting ready to take off from this, from this campground, going to another one. And as I do that, I swear to you, I don't make 10 feet. 
I don't make 10 feet. And I, the snap, I mean, I'm sorry, the strap literally snapped in half, broke. <laughs> it snapped. And I'm looking at this, I, I hear it, I felt it. And I'm like, what just happened here? So this, the, the, um, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 that extra the strap breaks. And I mean, it rattled the entire camper. So I stopped the car immediately or camper immediately. And I run back there and yeah, this freaking strap just snapped off. And I'm like, okay, uh, I guess they're like, no, you don't need that. You need to trust us solely. We're telling you it's going to be okay. Believe us. It's not that I didn't, I really did believe them, but I could not believe what just happened because my 300 pound straps never broke. They just came loose and came off. So I said, okay, I guess we're going back to the 300 pound straps. Let's do it. I put the 300 pound straps back on. <laughs> and no kidding, this thing just toes. And I mean, I'm like literally dumbfounded at this point. And I mean, maybe that's my own fault for being dumbfounded, but I truly believe that there was like, I, they were showing me that I could believe even more. So it's just so crazy. So then the next thing we do, we're driving home. We finish our campground and, and, and we're driving home. We even finished going to Sweet Grace Hills. So we're now like, I think it was in Wisconsin and I'm driving down the highway and all of a sudden I see sparks coming off the back of the car. <laughs> and I, we pull off in the middle of the highway and I run back there. Like what is going on here? Again, the straps are completely off and the car is still on the tow dolly. There is absolutely nothing logical about this situation. That car should have been gone miles ago. The strap wasn't even on there anymore. Nothing was holding this thing down. It was just, you know, that's my car sitting on two straight uh, uh, bars. And as the car's going, nothing holding it in place. And yet it's following the car. If this isn't a miracle, guys, I don't know what is. It's absolutely stunning. It had no... Physically, there is nothing holding that freaking car on the tow dolly, and yet it stayed there. But again, I was trusting, so I didn't even do anything differently this time. I went back there, hooked everything back up. <laughs> and but was what was interesting is I almost looked at it as, as if they were showing me one last time, Chris, you're good. Trust us. I hooked everything up, and from Wisconsin, I never had another issue. The straps stayed on tight. They were secure, and I didn't do anything different here. But they were showing me, I think, all's good, and I never had another issue. And I made it home from, from Wisconsin to Pennsylvania with no, no other issues. So that was that is my first story on the miracles of trusting trusting implicitly your guides and these gentle nudges and going with them allowing that allowing you to take allowing them to take you even in spite of some of the fears that you might have of like fully letting go stop that literally fear is your worst enemy and you don't want it i mean It'll show you things that you need to heal. It'll show you things that you need to begin to trust. So I don't want to say it's your worst enemy because it really is actually a beautiful thing when you begin to acknowledge what it is you do fear and then step in on the other side of that fear. And that's exactly what happened here. I didn't allow fear to take me. I trusted implicitly, explicitly the guidance that I was getting from above. And I know that when you guys begin to do that, you are going to have, you're really going to open up to a whole new world and allow for that world to show you miracles. But it's one step at a time. And 
And, and as a result of trusting in all of this communication that I was getting as a result of all of that, I just had one experience after the other on this trip. And, and, and all of them, I mean, Mount Shasta, amazing things happen. Mount uh, Sedona, Arizona, amazing things happen. Uh, and Montana, amazing things happen. So there is another one that, that I do want to share with you guys. So those are the experiences that I had with different locations. And then the journeys that, uh, the experiences that I had on the journeys to and from those places. And how important it is to let go of, of any fear that you have and step on the other side of fear and then allowing those gentle nudges to truly move you in a direction. If I would have thought about why I was getting in the beginning when I got those gentle nudges to read about Indian spirituality and, in, and religious tra traditions, I didn't know where that was coming from. I really didn't. And but I didn't question it either. I sat with it for a little while, which is what, what I would encourage all of you to do when you're getting communication, sit with it for a bit. Like when I feel something, I know that if it stays with me over a period of time, I know that's meant to, I, I know that's communication. And that's something that I need to sit with. So if I didn't do that though, and I just dismissed it as, oh, that's just a thought in my mind. I would have never have had these experiences. I never, I would have never went to Sweetgrass Hills. I would have never have meditated on some of the things that I did meditate on and never channeled some of the things that I would have channeled about because I would have just allowed the thoughts in my mind to drive me. And that is not the way that this works. It is not thoughts. It is truly the feelings that they are communicating with us, with us through. And I'm using these experiences as proof that when you do open up to these gentle nudges and allow them to guide you that you will experience true beautiful uh miracles so all right this next one sometimes we have to be a little patient when we ask for things sometimes things don't always happen in the time frame at which we would like them to but that's okay it is the patience that is required to allow your body to adjust to the information that you're seeking or to the experiences that you're seeking that is so needed in order to have those experiences. What do I mean by that? I have been asking for quite some time. I do a lot of light work and I help a lot of souls on this, in this plane, in this realm that are trapped and I help them cross over. I've had a lot of experiences where no kidding buildings have reached out to me. Land has reached out to me asking for help. And I know what, what is actually happening there is there's a soul that's trapped that is wanting to cross over, but for some reason can't. And that's happened to me for years now. And I've helped those souls cross over and have brought much peace to many of them. But I didn't understand how they were getting trapped. And this is, I am going to get into how spirits get trapped, but that's going to be in another podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to understand for you guys to know that the gentle nudges that we get, these things that are suddenly put in front of us are very important. And when you feel it, or when you ask for communication, or even sometimes when you don't like the Indian uh, religious traditions, what I didn't ask for that. They just gave it to me. I went with it. This one I asked for. And that's the difference between these two stories. One I asked for, one I didn't. And yet they were two, both two amazing experiences. This next one I did ask for. And I asked for, okay, I have these locations that are reaching out to me, these spirits in different locations that are reaching out to me asking for help. But what I asked for was, why are they getting trapped? Like, so God has told me, us, that he is present at every passing. Well, if that's the case, why or how are souls getting trapped here? Again, I'm not going to get into the why yet. But what I want you guys to know is, when I asked that question, I was not getting answers on it, not immediately. 
<clears throat> so I had to like continue to sit with that question and wait patiently for it. And there's now I understand what was happening is on the other side, my body was acquiring the light that it needed to begin to understand why souls or how souls become trapped. And then all of a sudden, it was probably about maybe three months that went by that I was still not getting answers to these questions. Three months later, I came across all of a sudden, it was so weird. I came across an article about somebody who had a near-death experience after committing suicide. And that opened up the floodgates. Now, typically, where this article was presented to me, it's not even something I would go to. I don't typically go to this website and read all these articles. I typically go to this website to read one article and then get off of it because I just don't feel like surrounding myself with it very much. However, on this particular day, I, again, it was just like something inside me. I was like, eh, let me just look through some of these others. And I came across a one that talked about the headline, I think was like uh, amazing experience after, or near death experience after a suicide attempt. And I was, that caught my attention immediately. And reading that article really provided some insight. Now, what I'll tell you here, this is a little off topic, but sometimes we get, sometimes we miss these little details that are really so powerful and there's so much in them. And what I will tell you is don't think about what it is you're reading. Don't ever, it's not in the mind, never in the mind. It is always what you feel. So when you read something, make sure you're being present, but pay attention to the information that is being said, but also not being said, because both are very important. The words they use are very, very important. And the words that they don't use are very important. I'm trying to think of an example right now, because People that take my course, I tell them this all the time, uh, my mediumship course, I tell them all the time, you must be aware, not think, but be aware of what words they're using and what words they aren't using. Um, and I'm I just can't think of an example off the top of my head. But when it comes to me, if it comes to me, I'll let you know. So this article I see, which is pretty crazy, but I knew immediately I could feel it. Okay, this is something. So I open it up. I start reading it. And it was an amazing experience that this person had. I, I, To be honest with you, I forget if it was male or female. But they talked about the experience. And something happened while I was reading the article. I immediately picked up on. But again, this is a lot of intuitive intuition that's talking to you during this moment. And it was because I asked this question that I knew immediately why I was, why I found this story, why this story, why I was guided to it. And immediately I realized, oh my gosh, they are giving me the answer to my question of why or how do souls get trapped through this near-death experience because this person talked about fear and how fear. So I'll tell you the story. This person committed suicide and had a near-death experience. And on the other side, they felt like they were in hell. And while they were in hell, they said people walked around with their eyes open and would not talk, both out of fear. If they close their eyes, they this person said when people they could see all these people in this area and there was this huge cave that was right close to them. And anybody that spoke, something would come out of this cave and snatch them up and bring them into the cave to be, I don't know, lost forever. So people were not talking. 
and 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 she noticed that or I, i'm saying see she so i would i'm assuming that it was it was a female and she noticed that but then uh, she was saying that she also noticed people were not closing their eyes and what she realized is when she closed her own eyes in this place that she would experience all this pain all this hurt that she caused somebody else throughout her life she would then feel every time she closed my eyes, she would see it, she would feel it. And it was very heavy, very intense. She didn't like it. So, so she realized that's why people are walking around this location with their eyes open and weren't talking because she realized that when people would other utter words, this thing would come out of the cave. So as she was sitting there and she was not very happy, obviously she was very fearful for the situation that she was in, again, this fear comes up and how we have to step over fear, face it, go against it, push it to really step into your own. And I guess really that could be the, the title of this podcast, but that's another. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> she was saying that it was they were all fearing. So they wouldn't close their eyes and they wouldn't talk. But then out of nowhere, one soul that was there turned to her and said, it is because they are scared to ask for forgiveness that they don't talk because they don't want this thing to grab them. But if you ask for forgiveness, it they, heaven, might take you, might save you, might salve you, or salvage your soul, and you might be saved. And she said, with that, she said, God, please forgive me. And Bam, she was snatched out of this area and taken into heaven and then shown the beautiful side of heaven. And what I understood now from that story, there's a lot to be gained. One, now what did I get from that story about near-death experiences or from that particular near-death experience that would help me understand uh how souls get trapped. And I guess I'll tell you right now, what I picked up from that story was just that, is that the soul before an experience or or when an experience like that, that could conjure a lot of fear at the moment of death could cause that soul to be trapped out of fear. So they are scared to speak up. They are scared to ask for forgiveness. And thus, at that moment, also, they might not necessarily believe when they were living in God or forgiveness or salvation. And thus, they're not very versed in asking for that forgiveness and also still scared, even when the soul says to them, another soul that could help them say, hey, if you ask for forgiveness, you could be saved. You know, maybe there's some ignorance there, too. Now, I would argue that point. So I would say that that's, I would argue that that light is the most powerful force and intuitively they would know who to ask, but it is an argument that they might not know. However, intuitively, because in heaven, that's so let, let me, I'll get into that another time. The point here is how the communication here on earth, these gentle nudges, these subtle aspects that are brought to you, these, these uh, informational articles, or maybe even this podcast are brought to people and they don't even know why, but it is the belief in trust, the trust in that guidance and going with it to allow you to step over fear onto the other side and truly allowing the other side to guide you, heaven, to guide you, that will open you up to miraculous events to true growth, to your truest potential. And with that, it's just amazing, amazing. So, all right, that is really uh, the podcast today. And I'm sorry for, I like I said, I'm not feeling very well. And some of my stories might've been a little long and drawn out and I apologize if they were, but step over, step through fear. Face your fear. 
go to the other side of fear and truly face it and allow yourself to experience be open to what your soul is 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 going to experience on the other side of fear and in the journey of becoming your best self because that journey is so important so beautiful and allow yourself to experience these miracles when you fully trust in the other side trust in yourself trust in their guidance knowing that they brought you here for a reason and you are going to find some beautiful events that take place. So if you guys have situations that you would like to share with me, I would love to hear them. I would also love to interview interview you on the podcast. So if you have an experience, whether it be a near-death experience or an experience where you stepped out of fear, you stepped over it to pass it, to grow from it and allowed yourself to move through it to experience, to have an experience, I would love to hear about that. So please reach out to me, let me know. And hopefully we can have you as a guest on the podcast and interview you about your experiences because more people want to know about this as well. So um, with that, I have some really cool topics that are coming up soon. Uh, one is how trap souls happen in a, and and there's more to it than what I divulged here in this podcast. There's there's more to it. They have given me more information. After I read that article, I bought a couple more books. I read those books. Then they started to give me more information about it. And some of it, some of it is just fascinating. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. But if you have experiences that you want to share, I would love to hear them. Thank you all so much. Have a great day. And uh, thank you. Take care.